So if you know anything about me, I carry a gun, but not everybody in my family is comfortable carrying a gun. And that's why we need something that is non-lethal, but very, very safe. And that is a taser. If you're trying to protect yourself and you don't want to carry a gun, taser products are safe and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, which is just enough time for you to change the game and run away. Um, it also will send an SOS to emergency dispatch. So they will know that a taser has been fired and you're in trouble and know where the trouble is. There are more than 237,000 lives that have been saved with the taser network of devices. So start protecting yourself today. Protect your family. Somebody doesn't want to carry a gun, carry a taser. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get a Taser Plus, a Pulse Plus, or a Taser Strike Light at taser.com. That's T-A-S-E-R.com. Use the promo code back and save. See the site for details. Some restrictions apply. 15% now with the promo code back at taser.com. You live in California, soon you're going to be paying $5 a gallon for gasoline. And if you live anywhere else in the country, soon you're going to be paying $5 a gallon for gasoline. Won't that be great? I'll feel so much better. We'll all be doing our part by reducing our drives and be able to bankrupt our country all in the name of climate change. The real rate of inflation and what is going on, something's not right. And I'll explain in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Reggie lives in Florida. He writes in about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I have a lot of pain, uh, but after only four days of using Relief Factor, I'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness. I can't wait to see what a couple more weeks means. Relief factor is a blessing sent by God, said Reggie. Uh, I couldn't meet, agree with you more, uh, Reggie. Uh, I am. I'm definitely not aging at all. I don't feel any aches and pains from aging. What does getting old suck? Nobody told me how much it sucks. I mean, except for the old, 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 old people who are like, boy, it sucks. And you're like, yeah, I know. You, you know, you're pooping in your pants. It must suck. No, it sucks a lot earlier than that. I want my money back. Anyway, Relief Factor, it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. And 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only $19.95. It's relieffactor.com. 
or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Getting old doesn't have to suck. I mean, it still sucks, but maybe not as much with Relief Factor. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. Californians are leaving the Golden State in massive numbers thanks to the radical left's destructive policies. Blaze TV host Dave Rubin joins Glenn to expose what living in California is really like. San Francisco, run by progressives. Los Angeles, run by progressives. So all the states that are doing well right now, it's pretty great, but you gotta be careful because you're gonna get infected. Watch Golden State Gulag, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV. Could I play cut six? Biden, democracy is in peril. Listen to this. The lives of billions from antiquity to our own hour have been shaped by the battle between aspirations of the many and the greed of the few. Between people's right to self-determination and the self-seeking of the dictator. Between dreams of democracy Mm. and appetites for autocracy which we're seeing around the world. Our troops have fought this battle on fields around the world, but also the battle of our time. And the mission falls to each of us, each and every day. Democracy itself is in peril here at home and around the world. What we do now, what we do now, how we honor the memory of the fallen, will determine whether or not democracy will long endure. So those are great words. They really are. But I'm having a hard time squaring them with um, reality. I'm I'm trying to square them with... So let me be honest with you. Let me... me... Did you see the... Do we happen to have the video of uh, Joe Biden when he was talking about the very young girl... He's at a speech, and I'm not going to go into the creepiness of the very young girl thing. I just want you to listen to him. Here it is. I'm honored to be joined today by Governor Northam and by two great representatives of the Commonwealth, Congressman Laurie and Congressman Scott. Listen to him. And I want to thank, uh, thank you for all that you do to represent these service veterans because they're devoted to you. The family members, the caregivers, survivors or call Virginia home. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in her waistcoat. Brittany, you're doing triple duty. Okay. We don't have to overlook the creepiness, do we? I I mean, completely? Yeah. No, I mean, you you go ahead. That's not my point, but I think it should be made. So go ahead, Stu. (laughs) It was really creepy. You all heard it, and you know it was creepy. I mean, I understand that there's a grandfatherly thing he's going for there, but he is... They should tell him not to try doing it again, because it does not work. It is really super creepy. However, did you notice how he is just... And one thing, Brittany, I love those barrettes and Brittany, and he just sounds like he's really, really tired. Like I've got to get a nap in pretty soon. 
I'm not sure um, that he even knows. I, I think he has surrounded himself by radicals. Uh, and I don't know if he's even getting the truth on what is happening with his policies, because how are these radicals writing these speeches for him? These speeches don't reflect the policies of uh, of him for the most part that that, you know, democracy is in peril because of uh, the the want of a dictatorship. Yeah. Who's calling for a dictatorship? Who's who is who is building the framework of a dictatorship? Who's the one that's trying to change all of our systems so it's easy to stay in power? Who is the one that is demonizing half of the country? It is it's it's frightening. And I saw a poll the other day that Democrats and I don't mean the ones in Washington. I mean, the average Democrat that, you know, that lives next door to you, that is normal that they're starting to be concerned about some of these things that are happening. They're starting to look at the wokeness and say, this is going too far. And, uh, you know, it looks like we're starting to, you know, edge into Marxism. Well, welcome to the party Democrats. Um, I hope you, I hope you wake up a little faster because democracy is in peril. And, I don't understand the policies. You know, we are looking at probably 2 million new um, dreamers coming in over the border. 2 million in this year. At the time when Americans are not working. Now, these people will work. I don't know about you, but I see, I see you know, in new immigrants assuming they're legal or illegal, but I see new immigrants and they are working hard. They, they know what the American dream is. So is that it? Is it, is it, are we just living off of this new labor and then Americans are not supposed to go to work because everywhere, everywhere it is happening where Americans just aren't going to work. I, I got a friend who wrote to me. He said, Glenn, my my neighborhood Facebook page is now a constant stream of job openings for low wage positions. People are complaining because Mercury Coffee just shut down here uh, until they can find people. Jimmy John's is now shut down, not because of covid, but because they can't find anybody to work it. The local pizza place can't find anyone. I just placed an order at McDonald's and drove up to pick it up. The manager told me she can't do curbside because they don't have enough people even to keep the drive through running. There were dozens of cars waiting in like 70s gas lines for the drive through at McDonald's. What's happening to us? Well, we're we're so many are not willing to go back to work. And this is going to mean really bad things. Now, I want to I talk to you about the price of gas and the price of everything that is going up. And not all of it is because people won't go to work. Some of it is. If we include all food and energy costs into our CPI, which we don't because the government says, oh, those numbers are too volatile. Oh, they just go up and down. 
and we don't want to include those in the the consumer product in, in uh, index. I mean, consumer price index. I mean, because they'll go up if you include them like we used to. We'd be closer to twenty percent annualized rate of inflation. Twenty percent. John Williams at Shadow Stats pegged nineteen eighties era CPI at twelve percent in April compared to the 4% that the government tells us it is. But even he noted that his inflation index doesn't include all food costs. For instance, dining out. Now, I'm not dining out all the time, but I'm using Uber Eats more than I ever have before. If gasoline moves up to $5 a gallon, even his index will be higher, uh, closer to 18%. We also have another problem, and I would love to hear from anybody who is a rancher or somebody who sells lumber on their land or a logger, because something is very, very wrong. We have a growing issue in both the lumber and meatpacking industry. Now, on Friday... And this is why I question the president. We have lumber up at over 800% increase. The price over 800% in an increase. We also have a housing shortage now. People are, are trying to buy houses, but they're buying houses at a rate, or I should say at a price that we have never seen before in human history. When you look at the Case-Shiller Index, never has America paid this much for a house. It's almost double what it was in 2007, right before the big collapse, where everybody lost their houses. One of the reasons is because the houses are about 30% more expensive to build right now because of a shortage of lumber. Now, you're president of the United States. What do you do if you believe in the United States? If you're trying to help out the consumer, do you do things to make lumber less expensive or more expensive? On Friday, President Biden put a new tariff on lumber. So now we have any lumber that is coming from Canada has a new tariff on it. Well, that's not helpful. That will make the price of lumber even more expensive. Now, there are four companies, four companies that run the lumber mills. There are also four companies that are the largest meat packers. They control over 90% of all of the uh, product in America. So if you're looking to buy meat, you're most likely going to get it from these four processing plants. 90%. You're looking for lumber. You're going to get them from these four different lumber companies. There is something you could make a case for collusion. And there are some senators now, including Democratic senators, who are now looking at the price of beef and what is going on and the price of lumber, and they're asking questions. And what they're doing is they're asking the Justice Department to look into it 
to see if there's any collusion. Do you trust the Justice Department? Consumer prices are up more than 100% in each industry. But what's driving the shortages is more collusion between major companies keeping the supply short rather than skyrocketing demand or shortage of production. In both cases, lumber and beef, Fortune 100 companies who control the industry are making huge profits right now. Gigantic profits. But the producers and the consumers are getting screwed. The guy with a chainsaw out in the forest, he's not making more money. The guy who has, has purchased this land and is now trying to thin some of the forest by taking some of the lumber, he's not getting rich. If you have a, a herd of cattle and you are trying to sell them at market, you've just paid the highest price you may have paid in a very long time for grain. You have to raise the price of your cow because you've paid, it costs you so much money. If you're lucky, you're making about eight cents a pound. That's barely enough to keep the lights on. If you're lucky, as of, as of Friday, you weren't making anything. You were lucky to break even. Most are losing money. So we have plenty of beef. We have plenty of cattle. Where's the breakdown? I'll tell you the excuse and then the real reason next. Patriot Mobile, uh, you know, you probably weren't planning to squeeze changing your cell phone plan on your busy day after the three-day uh, holiday, but you're going to want to do it once I tell you what Patriot Mobile is, uh, is doing. First of all, Patriot Mobile supports conservative causes the way you and I do. They are constitutionalists first. And when you're paying them, you're also contributing some of your money. They take some of their profits and they give it to causes that you believe in. Plus, when you go to PatriotMobile.com slash back, you can learn how you can get 50% off your first two months of service and enter to win a cellular service for life. Plus a free Patriot starter kit. Patriot Mobile, they have the broadest nationwide coverage. They use the same cell towers as all the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, they have plans that fit any budget, including multi-line discounts. So switch today to Patriot Mobile. Switching is really super easy. You go to PatriotMobile.com slash back, or you can call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. The number again is 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash back. It's super easy to switch. Do it now. Hey, Verizon, do you hear me now? It's patriotmobile.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID.
so it is it is not the fault of the truckers it is not the fault of the producers we know now that the producers are paying more for grain uh they are uh the cheapest logs we've had in a very long time so what's happening because the the guys who are actually producing they're not getting any more money in fact they're getting less so where's it coming from well the meat producers are blaming it on the truckers the truckers would not be could not be responsible for a 100% increase. Yes, we have shortages of people who want to work, but the truckers are being paid uh, more than they were, but not enough to make our beef this expensive. It's at the producer's level, the people who actually take the beef, process it, and then get it to the stores. They are making profits that are record profits. And because there's only four of them, two of which are foreign owned, when are we going to learn that lesson? Because there's only four of them, I believe it's a wink and a nod. I believe I can't prove it, but there needs to be an investigation, but it's going to be the Justice Department. They, I believe, are looking at profits and saying, why would we work harder when we're making more money than we ever have? We're, we're, we're putting out less product and we're making more money. Why would we want this to change? I don't think these companies are in it for Americans. I don't think these companies are actually doing the right thing. Um, they're doing the right thing for the shareholders, perhaps for the CEOs, perhaps they're not doing the right thing for the American people. And somebody in government needs to have a hearing and call them to task. Is there anybody clean enough in Washington, D.C. to do it? Because the price of your house and the price of the food that you put on that kitchen table are going to skyrocket if this doesn't stop soon. You're also going to put all of the farmers out of business. You're not going to have anybody that can afford to raise cattle for meat. Oh, but don't worry. Two of those companies are foreign, but the other two, they're the ones making things like the Impossible Burger. Oh, they're so green. Oh, I wonder if they get some help on that as well. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Cyber criminals are crafty, and sometimes they use unconventional offline means to accomplish their goals. They're not above finding any way to steal your mail. They steal your mail so they can get personal information that might lead to things like your bank account. Stranger things have tried, been tried and work, and this is why the Internet on the Internet side of things, you have to have LifeLock protecting you at all times. They know how to work on the dark web. You don't want to get onto the dark web, but that's why you pay LifeLock. They look at all of the pieces of information that are available online for you, and they protect you. If something is happening, they will alert you. If they happen to miss it, 
they have a team that will be there and clean it all up because nobody can prevent all of it because it's it's everywhere lifelock.com save 25 percent off this invaluable protection now at lifelock.com use the promo code back it's 1-800-LIFELOCK 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com promo code back hey go to blazetv.com slash glenn that promo code is glenn you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to play something I found on uh, Lonesome Lands. Uh, it's a um, it's a rancher uh, kind of website, and this is uh, this is the guy who uh, gives the updates. His name is Jim Mundorf. I want you to listen to what he says about the prices of of beef in the grocery store and uh, on the farm. If you imagine yourself as a beef packer and you are butchering two head of cattle every day. And on those two head, you're making $200 per head. So you're making $400 a day and you're making a good living and a good profit. And all of a sudden something happens and now you're only able to make one, you're only able to butcher one head of cattle a day. And on that one head, because there's less supply of beef, you're able to increase your pricing and all of a sudden you're making $1,000 a day. And, and so your income has jumped two head, 400, one head, 1,000. And now you've got less payroll, less facilities needed, less logistical issues, just less everything, and you're making more money. Are you going to be in a hurry to go back uh, to go back and work harder for four hundred dollars a day, or are you going to want to sit on your thousand dollars a day and just rake it in as rake it in and just butcher that one? You're going to want to sit on a thousand dollars a day, but in a competitive marketplace, what you would have is somebody else would say they would want that market share they would want that shelf space and they would come in and they would butcher two four six eight whatever it took because you're in a competitive marketplace but in this scenario there's only four of you um there's you and three other beef packers and you're just kind of looking at each other while you're making your thousand dollars a day and thinking why would we ever go back why would we ever increase um increase production again when we can sit back and make this make more money than we ever dreamed of and so that's where we're at and what they're doing is illegal um and that's a re they always have to have an excuse right now their excuse is a labor shortage um last year it was uh covid of course and then the year before that there was a little fire that broke out in one of the beef one beef packing plant in kansas and it's just always another excuse and the, every time the profit margins just get more they just stretch those profit margins out more and more this is something that i never knew and never followed and most people don't because we're too far away from the land but what he was just saying is exactly what all of the ranchers around me say every single time it's always something we now have four companies that produce about 90 percent of all the beef in america tyson foods jbs cargill and uh, smithfield foods they're the ones that are controlling the market and the market price we have got to start getting away from these big companies on almost everything we you know the one thing that people have right 
uh, on the on the left, if you will, the the idea that uh, we should uh, think globally but act locally. The more we have given all of the power over our food, over our medicine, everything out of our states, many times out of our country. We have got to find these small meat packing plants again and uh, encourage them and start buying from them because this is out of control. Ben in Ohio. Hello, Ben. Yes, sir. Good morning. How's things in Texas? Uh, really good. Yeah. Well, hey, you were talking about, you know, the inflationary rate on on food pricing going up. Uh, our family here in our village, uh, we own and operate a small meat processing facility. We do everything but slaughtering. Uh, and we raise all of our products here locally uh, on our farm right outside of town. Uh, and, boy, I tell you what, since, and I'm, I don't mean to sound cliche, but since January 20th, uh, protein prices have drastically increased. And, you know, we saw that last year, uh, Glenn, you know, we saw that mm-hmm. last year uh, due to COVID, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. we saw a huge, huge, huge price increase. And we also saw huge price decreases immediately after that. And now we're seeing that again. Uh, and like you said, we're seeing these excuses being played out of less labor, which obviously we know there is less labor out there, but you are correct. Correct. There are four companies that control the price here in the United States. Uh, and I, and I, I think it's like almost like the mafia. If they're not buying, if they're not doing it, I mean, they control the price of what the animals cost at the market. Uh, and they're making all of this money on the end where the farmers and the ranchers and the people who grown the grain, they're not getting rich. No, well, they're, they're the ones that not only are they doing the processing uh, to the final consumer, they're also owning the product as well. And they're not, you know, they're not the small family farms that raise the 100 to 1,000 to 10,000 cattle uh, at, a, at a beef a year. You know, it's, it's not them that are doing it. It's not the, the families that are doing it. It's the corporate, and they just work for the man, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, we're... Our, our family business here, we're, we're in a niche business where we uh, operate uh, and sell directly to, you know, from farm to table, if you want to call it that. I know that's, that's a real hot, hot buzz point right now or hot word to say. But, you know, you were talking about the, uh, uh, the, the four companies. Not only do they control the price, they control all the regulations as well, too, and make it much more mm-hmm. difficult for the small family farms to be successful. And, and I call it the mm-hmm. Walmartization of our food. And, not, and that's unfair to say to a retailer like Walmart, but they want you to go and buy in these small, they don't want you to buy from us small producers and retailers. They want you to go into the large retailers like the Kroger's, like the Publix, like uh, around here, we have you know Meyer stores as well too, or or Whole Foods or Costco's, uh, and uh, well, they they trick you into thinking that those places are actually less when you're actually paying more, uh, the, the same or more, but they have you know maybe one or two items that are lesser than than a smaller retailer, but everything else is the same or greater. 
Um, uh, ben, thank you so much for your phone call. We need to find our own processors uh, locally and buy farm to uh, farm to table. Let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Hello, Mike. Hi, Mr. Beck. How are, are you? Are you there, Mike? Good, yes, sir. How me? are you? I'm good, uh, sir. Again. Um, good morning to you and Stu. Um, I might have a little bit different perspective on this. I work for a company that manufactures animal feed trailers. Um, I sell these trailers to everyone that's just been mentioned on the air within the last five minutes. I was telling your uh, call screener the name of my company, who I deal with. And what I'm being told out there, Glenn, is that the three main ingredients to animal feed is corn, soy, and diesel fuel. Now, obviously, you don't put diesel fuel in it, but you got to have it to move product from point A to point B. And mm -hmm. I've got people out there telling me, not only at the big producers, such as the ones you mentioned, Smithfield, Tyson, but also at your smaller feed mills. There are hundreds of small feed mills in the hills of Pennsylvania, Ohio, so mm -hmm. forth and so on. And they're telling me that by this time mm -hmm. next year, soy could be double, uh, corn could be doubled, and diesel could be four fifty mm -hmm. a gallon. And that's not unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And when that happens... I don't think it's... Un Hang on just a sec, Mike. I don't think that's unrealistic at all. And I, I agree with you on the three ingredients for cattle. But what I'm saying is that the average rancher brings his cow who he's had to pay more for diesel fuel. He has had to pay more uh, for uh, his feed. He's not getting that back. He's breaking even at best. Uh, and so the, so the, all the profit margins are coming from uh, or going to the meat processors. They're not going to everybody else. They're not, certainly not going to the rancher. No, you're you're absolutely correct. And the bottom line in all this, Glenn, is that, and and we don't quite understand, and maybe you do, but the bottom motivator in all of this is energy prices. When it costs more money mm -hmm. to move raw material from point A to point B, then it's just going to be, you know, mm -hmm. common sense to realize that it's going to cost more money to move the end product from point A to point B, everything that is moved in the animal feed industry or the animal production industry is done with diesel fuel, whether it be trains, semi-trailers, yep. what have you. Yep. And when, when all of that, and they don't buy it like you and I buy it, Glenn. Um, I mean, they buy it by the tanker load. And so when they're, you know, when they're at a dollar 85 a gallon, which they were a year ago right now, uh, and now they're almost double that, that, that the, the one that pays for this, and, and we can all thank Uncle Joey for this, the one that pays for this is you and me and everybody else that wants to sit down and, and, and have a good meal. And it's not just beef. That's where people, all those ingredients I gave you. I know. Turkey feed, that's turkey feed, that's chicken feed, that's cow feed. Uh, in fact, cow feed has got a little bit less of that uh, I'm talking from the dairy side of it than some of the others. So, some of the dairy feeds get molasses right. put in it and, 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 and more sweeteners, you know, because that's more appealing to, to that animal. But, when, but corn, soy, and what the other people don't realize, Glenn, and maybe you do, is when you're rolling down the roads of Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, I grew up in the Chicago area, 
and you see all these fields of corn, 95% of that corn and soybean that you see when you're rolling down the, the back roads of Ohio, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Illinois, that is not for human consumption. That's for animal consumption. I mean, that's not your sweet corn that you, you see. I I agree with you, Mike. Thank you. I got to cut you uh, loose. We have Vern on the phone. Hello, Vern. Yes. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Thank you for getting to these topics today. I I have a different perspective than most on on this. Uh, I I work for a company that leases rollerblades to security personnel at petting zoos, and. And what I think is important for the audience to understand is there are 14 main ingredients to rodent swill. Um, you have you have your to, corn to, hu- to rodent swill. You have your uh, corn husks, your uh, mink globules. Yeah. Right. <laughs> your horse glue. Your uh, white leopard pancreas. Uh, you got your uh, liquefied camel humps. Uh, right. You got your diet RC cola, um, and this is all for what? What? What are you making with this? <laughs> all the price well, on all those things, I'm sure, is going up. But you're making what? Uh, uh, rodent swill. Uh, there's 14 main ingredients. Uh, right. I'd like to rodent. Uh, yeah, swill. I have a four-hour uh, uh, kind of Zoom call I'm doing later. <laughs> if all of your audience would like to come on, and okay. I'll discuss each individual right. piece of that. Uh, <laughs> And and where do I find that Zoom call? Uh, www.rodent.swill. All right. Okay, thank, thank you very much, Vern. I appreciate it. Uh, let me go to uh, <laughs> realestateagentsitrust.com. Whenever it is possible, uh, I'd like to pass on lessons that I've learned uh, in life for other people. One of the things... That I seemed, uh, I, I, for a long time, I could never get somebody who um, could sell my house or sell it uh, for the most amount of money. All they would, seemingly, all they would do is put up balloons and they would have an open house. And then they'd have an open house for all of the realtors. Then they'd lower the price and have an open house. And you're like, what is, is this, is this your plan? There is an actual plan that the best real estate agents, uh, the ones that I trust, actually have. And it revolves around uh, their website, for one. How many, how many people are coming to visit their website? How many people are already there looking for a house like yours? There's a combination of things that we look for when we look for real estate agents I trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free service to you. They're, they don't work for us. We just are kind of somebody that looks at them, looks at the traits, and looks at the results of each real estate agent. We're looking for the best one and the best practices all around. So if you're looking for a real estate agent in your area or across the country, you can help. Uh, we can help find one for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Interesting listening to that caller, uh, not the one who was telling us about the 14 main ingredients of rodent swill, but the one before that. <laughs> yeah, the bad one. several yeah. callers this hour, where I, I'm fascinated by this at the level of, I like go to grocery stores often, uh, as you might know by looking at me, 
And I, mm. you, you realize how well capitalism works. When you think about, there are all of these things, all of these products in these stores, they're always there whenever I need them. And I spend z approximately zero minutes thinking about how they get there. You know, I, I am not required by so I, this I'm, at all, by the, by the country at all, to even think about this. And, and it, it, you realize these problems are real. Yeah, so I'm with you. I never think of it either until until the price of until my grocery store says we're not even buying beef ribs anymore <clears throat> because they're far too expensive. No one will buy them. <clears throat> and I'm I'm hearing that in a community of ranchers um, that that's that's nuts. And so you start to look at it and go, OK, so wait, what what part of the capitalist system is breaking down here? And there's several things that are breaking down. Um, and if we're going to if we're going to be able to afford meat, you know, th there's a possibility that this is part of the ESG thing. Two of those companies that are the beef producers are also making fake meat, which would be great for their ESG scores. Um, we're putting ranchers out of business. Once you do that, all you have is corporate meat and you're held hostage. You can't lose the local farms, especially when you go to the grocery store and look at the price of food today. This is the Glenn Beck Program.